so Zephaniah uh, chapter 3 tonight. Uh, we're going to follow up what we said about the sheep and goat judgment last week. Uh, which I prayed about it and chose to do this. Uh, because sometimes I rush through events and we get so much into just the broad details uh, that we miss some of the more interesting parts. Uh, or, for example, like what we did when we preached on the marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, is that in, in that message, uh, I tried to show that through the Bible the focus is on gathering the bride. Uh, and for different reasons, I never discussed whether there's a literal marriage supper. Uh, and I almost felt like I need to go back and preach a part two to that. Uh, especially since we had a really good discussion on that in our Bible study the other night. Uh, where Jonas and Ken gave me some great thoughts uh, that would help to show where there is a literal supper. So I didn't want to make the mistake where a month and a half later, I realized I almost need to preach a sequel to that. And so I wanted to pause a little bit on this so In Zephaniah, we're just going to read verse 8 and 9. So we're making one verse of progress tonight. Therefore, wait ye upon me, said the Lord, until the day that I arise up to the prey, for my determination is to gather the nations that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger, for all the earth shall be devoured with fire, my, the fire of my jealousy. For then will I turn to the people a pure language that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve Him with one consent. Now, the question that we want to answer tonight, uh, because we looked at what was the purpose and when, what, when was the, when will the, the judgment take place? Uh, in this case, I want to look at what happens after. Not in the sense that I want to go into the millennial reign right now. Uh, that is something we have to study, but that's not what I mean by this. Uh, what I mean is we still have to consider what are the consequences of this judgment going forward. 
Because we understand the judgment seat of Christ. Where believers are awarded according to how they have served him. That they receive the crowns and then they lay them back down at his feet. And the consequences of that judgment are what level of responsibility he lays upon you in his kingdom. We can understand the great white throne judgment. Consequences of that one are easy. It's where all the unbelievers receive eternal judgment. Uh, the consequences of that are eternity in the lake of fire. Now, the question then that remains uh, are really the consequences of the sheep and goat judgment. Now, we saw the immediate side of that. That those nations which God says aren't worth letting them go in. That he says he'll destroy them before the kingdom begins. But those kingdoms that meet the standard, which we have to agree is a pretty low standard, of simply caring for the least of people, uh, now, there are some other verses we could take into that. Uh, but leaving that as the standard we're looking at. Uh, then those kingdoms, we know the consequences, they'll enter into his kingdom. Maybe I should say those nations for lack of a uh, That they'll enter into Christ's thousand-year kingdom. However, I think that we can answer one question tonight, though. As to what is the ultimate destination of the survivors. What's going to happen from here? Now, to one degree, you already know. Because you know they're going into Christ's kingdom. Uh, and that for a thousand years they'll be a part of that. Uh, but the Bible gives us more information than just that. Uh, and in fact, actually... Revelation 20, and it's discussing of what happens immediately after the thousand years, uh, answers this question itself. Uh, so Revelation 20, uh, and we'll begin in uh, verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. 
Dar când se vor împlini cei o medie ani, Satan va fi dezlegat din închisoarea lui și va ieși pentru a înșela națiunile care sunt în cele patru corturi al pământului, Gog și Magog, să-i adună pentru bătălie pe ei, al căror număr este caristicul mării. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now I think tonight when we look at this uh, there are two great questions concerning the survivors but also concerning another one. And that's why on earth uh, after the devil has been bound for a thousand years does God let him loose? Uh, and I think both of these things are answered in the same, same way. So the first thing I want you to notice though from Revelation is that all the way to the end of the thousand years part of Magog still survives. Now that's important because they're treated as the chief part of the Antichrist kingdom. Now we identified in our study on that uh, which area, the, which part of the world we believe that is. Uh, and I'll deal with that in a minute. But I think one answer you'll see in this is that there has to be a dividing of the survivors. Because if you remember where we left off, he said to the righteous that they would inherit eternal life. Which if you go back a few verses, we see the resurrection unto life. Uh, we see that he says and this is the resurrection unto life which the second death has no part. Uh, and so we see that happening just before the thousand years begins. Uh, and then, of course, we know that there'll be the resurrection unto death after the thousand years. So we know going into this, obviously he says we're going to be here because he says we'll rule and reign with him. Uh, in fact, what he's teaching uh, is that all believers, even those who believe because they accept it during the tribulation period, and going all the way back into the Old Testament, they will all be here. They all will have been raised and have a glorified body by that point. Uh, but then you have something you have to consider though. And that's that you have people here though who don't believe Christ. People who after a thousand years of having him as a king would still be willing to follow after the devil. 
Uh, and so when you consider that, și când consider acestea, you see there is a clear division as to who's going to be here. Because he's teaching his people will be gathered with him at Jerusalem in this Which we'll go back to the Old Testament to see more about in a minute. Uh, but that the unbelievers uh, will still be here. Uh, they just won't be gathered together to worship Him. Uh, and it's at the end of the thousand years they'll gather to make war instead. So I think in order to help make sense of this for you, we have to go back to Isaiah. I do ask you to mark your place in Revelation, though. Because we are coming back here at the end of the message. So Isaiah, and we'll start in chapter 66. Isaiah 66 gives us some insight uh, to how the God is dividing the survivors. Uh, so looking in verse 15, it says, Behold, the Lord will come with fire uh, and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger uh, with fury and his rebuke with the flames of fire with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh. And the slain of the Lord shall be many. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouse, and sh uh, shall be consumed together, saith the Lord. So you see, this is building up to his coming, the verses we're reading. Uh, and even his coming with the, the judgments we've already talked about. He says in verse 18, For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall come uh, that I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. And I will set a sign among them, and I will send those that escape of them uh, unto the nations, to Tarshish, Pool, and Lud, that draw the bow to Tubal and Javan, uh, to the isles afar off, uh, that they that have not heard uh, my fame, neither have seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles. She will put on simple she will trimit the bachelors cup of the day, that other nation will let us school she lured, the church in Cordazar, La Tubal, Shivan, La Insula de the Farte, Carano was in the Fama, no out of Zut Gloria, she will be stick Gloria, Prince Namu. 
Now, a lot of people take this passage uh, and they talk about the church uh, and they make, try to make it fit that way. The thing is, if you keep reading, uh, you will find that he talks about the new heaven and new earth here. Uh, and we've just read about him coming and judging the nation. So, the fact that this and Isaiah 65 are dealing with his kingdom can be seen in that kind of stuff. Because Isaiah 65 also talks about the new heaven and new earth. And in fact, Isaiah 65 talks about what life will be like during that millennial reign. However, this talks about the part we're focusing on tonight. And that's what's going to happen to those that escape from the judgment. Or as we would say, those who survive. Uh, he teaches that they will be sent out into all the nations uh, to gather people together the believers because pay attention to how he says it he says that they will escape together uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself into oh, your brethren I'm sorry verse 20 and they shall bring all your brethren for an offering unto the Lord out of all nations upon horses and in chariots and in litters uh, and upon mules and upon swift beasts to my holy mountain, Jerusalem, saith the Lord, as the children of Israel bring an offering in a clean vessel into the house of the Lord. And I will also take of them for priests and for Levites, uh, saith the Lord. Now, this idea of him gathering the brethren from all of the nations. Uh, and making them priests. I think can be understood like this. That after that judgment. Those nations that survive. He teaches that he is going to preach to them and try to teach his way. But we read we read one extra verse in Zephaniah to get to that point. That he says he's going to teach the nations his way. Even to the point he's going to change their language. Uh, but we saw last week that each passage we went to he said after that judgment takes place he's going to teach his way to the nations. So as this is taking place uh, that he's being preached to all the nations he says some who've never heard the gospel and don't know him. Uh, that 
In that time, in acel timp, all the believers are going to start gathering together to him. Toți care vor crede vor începe să se adună împreună spre el. Uh, in fact, what's interesting, de fapt, ce este interesant, if we didn't see it in this passage, we'll see it in one of the others, uh, is that when these believers gather together, they'll be there every day. And they'll be worshiping every week. Uh, whereas the nations, what we saw several weeks ago, is that they're going to come once a year. Uh, and so you're seeing that there is a dividing already taking place. That God's people are now coming out of those nations uh, that were left behind. You know, those that weren't destroyed during the judgment. And they're gathering to him in Jerusalem. And he says he's making them as priests. Now, I think that's interesting because you'll notice those that uh, were killed during the tribulation, he did the same thing with them. Uh, the, one of the times you see them in the book of Revelation is said that you, you see them standing in the, gla- in the sea of glass it's like crystal which if you study what that's about everything in heaven has an equivalent in the temple or tabernacle Hebrews even says that that all of those things were just a picture of the real temple let's say that's in heaven uh, and so the only thing that we can see the sea of glass that's like under crystal compares to uh, is that bronze bowl where the priests would cleanse their hands and feet before starting ministry. In fact, the Bible makes it quite clear that that's what the comparison is. That before the priests went in to do their work, they had this massive bowl uh, that some of the same terminology that describes it describes the sea of glass. And before they would begin their service, they would wash their hands and feet. So when he says that all those believers who died during the tribulation are seen standing in the sea of glass, standing on it, uh, the thing to take away from that, at least the only thing I've ever found you can take away from that, is that from the Old Testament till now, God has taught that believers are to be unto him as priests. He told Israel, if you believe, I'll make you a nation of priests. He says of the New Testament believer that you are priests priest already. 
already. Cei în Noul Testament, celor credincioși, au spus că voi deja sunteți preoți. That you have the rights and ministry of the priesthood. Că aveți lucrarea și drepturile unui preoție. Which is not something I need to get into tonight. Care nu este ceva care trebuie să vă să intru în această seară. But basically, it means you have the right to pray. Da, bazic ce înseamnă este că ai dreptul să te rogi. To study and interpret God's word. Să studiezi și să interpretezi cuvântul lui Dumnezeu. And those kind of things that the priest would do. Și aceste lucruri care un preot le ar face. It's not to be mistaken with preachers and pastors. Să nu amestece ceasul cu preoții și cu predicatori și pastori și așa mai departe. But But you see here that those let's call them tribulation saints are being cleansed for that just before the resurrection. Uh, or even as part of that. Uh, but then you see with the people who are gathering together to them. Uh, which would be those who survived the tribulation. That now they're gathering and also being uh, prepared for priesthood. Uh, so you see, that's what he's teaching so far. Uh, then if we go back to Isaiah 43. Uh, he talks about this in a little more detail as well. Isaiah 43 and verse 3. He says, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Sheba for thee. Dar acum astăzi spune, fiindcă eu sunt Domnul Dumnezeu tău, ce spun al lui Israel, Salvatorul tău, am dat Egiptul care a scumpărarea ta, Ethiopia și Seba pentru tine. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore, will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Căci ai fost prețios înainte ochilor mei, ai fost dem de cinci și te-am iubit. De aceea, voi da oamenii pentru tine și popoare pentru viața ta. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Nu te teme, că ce sunt cu tine, voi aduce semânta ta din est și te voi aduna din vest. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far, from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Pe fiecare ce este chemat cu numele meu, fiindcă l-am creat pentru gloria mea, l-am format, da, eu l-am făcut. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Aduceți poporul ori care are ochi și pe sunii care au urechi. Let all nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witness. Uh, witnesses that they may be justified, or let them hear uh, and say it is truth. So they strung the twenty nations and to to gather all the people. Which one of them can tell us this truth and to not show us things from the past? To bring the martyrs to them, to be declared right, 
So even this is speaking about it. Uh, that the point of what's going on uh, is to gather together everyone who's called by His name. So I think this is where you have another problem. Uh, where people try to add extra divisions. There is some necessary division. In understanding, yes, in the Old Testament. You had Israel as a nation. That God was trying to work for them. I get that. In the New Testament, you have the church that God is trying to work for. Uh, in the tribulation, uh, God doesn't give them a specific title. Most people call them tribulation saints. Uh, that God is trying to work through. And like with the church, that began with Israel, uh, and moved out to others. That's what it was supposed to have been in the Old Testament as well. That they were declared His praises to all people. Uh, and even with the church. It began with Jewish people. Uh, but God said the gospel is not just for you, it's for everybody. The tribulation saints. You know, it begins with those Jews getting saved, listening to the two witnesses. But then he teaches that there will be people saved of every tribe and nation and tongue. Uh, so, of course, it spreads out throughout the world. And the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of people when you get to the millennium still try to make a lot of division between the church and Israel uh, and they wind up also then not juggling the tribulation saints not knowing what to do with it. But the truth is what he's teaching is that everyone who's called by his name are gathering together to worship Him. Now, if we read on, though, he talks a little bit about the purpose of this. So let's look at verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me. Voi sunteți martul meu, spune Domnul, și servitorul meu pe care l-am ales, ca să mă cunoașteți, să mă credeți și să înțelegeți că eu sunt El. Înaintea mea nu a fost format nici în Dumnezeu, nici nu va fi după mine. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. 
Eu, chiar eu sunt Domnul și în afară de mine nu este Salvator. So he's talking about these ones that are gathered together. Vorbește despre cei care s-au adunat în Dumnezeu. Ei sunt martorii Lui. That He alone is God. Că El singur este Dumnezeu. That He's not created. El nu este creat. When He's saying that part about I am, even I am. Când îi spune acea parte, eu sunt, chiar eu sunt. He's saying that I am the self-existent one. Eu spun că eu sunt acel care a existat. That there wasn't a God before me and there's not a God after me. Că nu era un Dumnezeu Uh, I have declared and have saved and have showed then there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. So, these people who are gathered together, he says, I've seen in you that you don't have a strange God. And therefore, you're my witnesses that I am God. So, you're seeing a little bit of their purpose now. Verse 13, Yea, before the day was, I am He. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Meaning to prevent it. Da, înainte ca ziua să fie, eu sunt el și nu este nimeni care să scapă de mâna mea. Voi face lucrarea și cine îi se va împotrivi. We have changed the definition of the word let, so don't let that confuse you. Ah, yeah, it's an English thing only. Uh, the, we use it to say, let me do something, or lots of them. But for them, it, it, properly it should mean prevent. Uh, verse 14. Thus said the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Now, what he's teaching here then is that all who are saved, those who aren't following other gods but believe him, I really like the fact that he says all who are called by my name. Because that emphasizes a primary point here. <coughs> This is not about Old Testament saints versus New Testament. It's not about dividing the, the tribulation saints and Israel. Everyone who's been saved from the beginning of time till now or until then, I are being gathered together to be His servants and His witnesses and He is going to be their King. Now, it sounds like something so simple. Because we understand that's the point of the millennium anyway. Is that he is going to rule the world for a thousand years as king. But that's why it's so simple. Because it's not a complicated point. 
what he's doing during this time with those that survived the sheep and goat judgment as we have seen uh, is that he is while he's preaching to the world his way he is gathering all those that are called by his name to him where because they love him they want to be near him you know, the others stay afar off that's one of the points you'll notice in Revelation is that when the devil does gather them, he gathers them from afar off. Uh, that those who love him are going to gather to him. Uh, in fact, it's one of the points you'll see made in, Revel in Zephaniah 3 so strongly that he tells them I will be in the midst of them. He says the Holy One of Israel is going to be in the midst of them. That he's going to be their king and their light and all of that. So for that side of the survivor, we have an easy answer. During his kingdom, they're coming together to rule and reign with him. No, it's not some profound hidden secret. It's something the Bible has said plainly from the beginning. Now the other side of this though is what about the rest of them? Because we began with a strange thought. And that's the fact that part of Magog is still there. I mean, you think about that. This union of countries. Because Magog is treated as the combination of at least two countries. Meshach and Tubal. The way it's written clearly teaches that. Uh, and God would be the capital of that. Uh, and when you look at that, it tells you that that capital is surviving. Because he says Gog is still there. And at least some part of Magog is still there. But if you think back to what we just read in Isaiah 66, let's go back there. Uh, he already showed us that. Uh, Isaiah 66 and verse 19. Listen to the country he names. And I will set a sign among them and will send those that escape unto the nations to Tarshish, Pool, and Lud, uh, that draw the bow to Tubal and Javan, uh, to the isles afar of off, uh, that have not heard my fame, neither have seen my glory, and them uh, and they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles. Now, Javan we've talked about before. It's not listed as part of the Antichrist kingdom. 
Javan we've talked about before. Uh, yeah. uh, it's not part of the Antichrist kingdom. But when we were defining where Tubal was, we saw that Javan and Tubal are linked. Uh, in the sense that during this point in time, which would be 700-500 BC, considering we're talking about Ezekiel, that's around 500 BC. Uh, that they're connected in the sense that they both uh, were famous for slaves and making stuff out of bronze. Now we use that connection with old maps and with what the Bible teaches about those countries to say that everybody agrees that Javan is what they used to call Greece. I've not found any reasonable person disagreeing with that. I say it that way because you have people who try to put countries everywhere in the world if they when they do it. Uh, but of course we saw most all of this is focused around this area logically. Tubal, I said, as best as I can tell. It's Turkey. You don't have to agree with me. In terms of everything we know about the Antichrist kingdom. It makes sense that it would be. Historically, most people agreed with that. In terms of maps. It wasn't until we decided that the kingdom of the Antichrist had to be based around Europe. Uh, and you know, we want to make Europe more important in prophecy. The people change their mind about that. But Tubal is very much part of the King of the Antichrist. Javan's Greece, but that's not a big deal right now. The other two there that we've never talked about. The best I can tell you, looking at what the Bible says about them, maps and all that kind of stuff, uh, when we talk about Paul and Lud, uh, is that they are very likely around Morocco in that area. You don't have to agree with that. I'm not even sure about that, so I'm not going to ask you to agree with that. Tarsus, however, which I gave good Bible reasons to be Algeria, as opposed to Spain, where most people put it, 
you also see it's part of King Lamech, right? Noi vedem de If you remembered our study on Gog and Magog, though, you will have remembered that according to Ezekiel 39.2 and I'm not reading it so you don't have to turn there uh, but you can do it if you want uh, God says that a sixth uh, part of Magog uh, will be spared from that destruction. The, the rest are going to march into war. But he says the sixth part of you is going to be spared. So we already knew that at least one sixth of Magog which is part of what makes up uh, a two ball makes up part of that. Would at least have to go to the sheep and goat judgment. Because of the fact they survived the battle of Armageddon. And next thing for them is the sheep and goat judgment. The thing that's interesting though is to notice that it seems like part of Tarsus and Tubal survive all the way to the thousand years. Because he's talking about sending people to Tarsus to teach them about Jesus. And Tubal. But here's the thing, we saw in Revelation that Magog, which is what Tubal makes up. That at least part of that survives. To be part of the fight that the devil is trying to bring together. Now I will even know this about the countries he names though. Those countries that he names uh, in the verse we just read. If you were to go to Ezekiel 27. Which is another place I recommend you reading, but I'm not going there. If you were to go there, God gives a list of countries and cities and in some cases maybe even peoples. Uh, that offered different services to Tyre. Now, all of these we just named are on that list. Some of them are listed as fighting for Tyre. And others as being the servants of Tyre. Now, that's interesting. Because in Ezekiel, while Tyre has a prince in the prophecy where God is prophesying against him Tyre 
Uh, he tells them that your prince is nothing. Le spune că prințul vostru nu înseamnă nimic. That your king is the real problem. Împăratul vostru este problema adevărată. And then he goes on to describe the king of Tyre as being the devil himself. Și apoi descrie că împăratul Tyre este diavolul. That their prince is maybe the guy who rules the nation on the throne. Prințul lor poate este cel tip care va domni națiunile, va conduce națiunile. But the real ruler of Tyre was the devil. Dar adevăratul conducător al Tyre era So when you look at it that way, by extension, those nations being described in Ezekiel 27 are serving the devil. Not necessarily by knowledge, but by the extension that the devil is the one in charge of Tyre. And they had served Tyre. They were then serving him. Now, I say all of that to bring us back to Revelation 20. Where I want to answer what is to me one of the most interesting questions about prophecy. And that's why God lets the devil go after the kingdom. I mean, if you read Revelation 20, In the first verses you see where God takes the devil. He binds him. Uh, and he puts him in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. I mean, the devil's defeated. Uh, I mean, he has no power. Uh, and yet, after Christ has ruled as king for a thousand years, he lets him go. What is the point of that? Well, I think in truth, the point of that is the answer, the same answer we had in the first question. This is still part of dividing the survivors. He said all those who are called by his name are gathering to him. Those that are afar off are those who survived the sheep and goat judgment but didn't trust in Christ. And so he's going to extend the devil. And one last time he's going to go deceive the nations. This part is about deceiving sinners. Because when you read verse 8 again in Revelation 20. Talking about the devil. It says, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So, just for this, it says he was going to be bound so that he wouldn't deceive the nations again until after the thousand years. And now you see he's going out to deceive them. 
And I believe what he means by this și cred că ceea ce vrea să spună is in luring them to this battle, he's luring them into sin. Uh, în a domni, uh, conduce pe ei în această uh, bătălie, conduce spre păcat. The same way he led the fall of the angels. În așa fel cum el a condus acea cădere a îngerilor. That he convinced them that we can take over and we can be God. Yeah, el i-a convins că ei poate să fie Dumnezeu și ei pot să conducă. And so after a thousand years, după ce o mie de ani, he's going out into the nations. El va merge la națiuni. To convince them this is what. Să-i să convingă acest lucru de asemenea. Those who have accepted his kingdom but still stayed afar off. Those who didn't believe in him or trust in him. Uh, those that have been left after these judgments. The devil's being sent out to gather them. The same way that in the beginning of his kingdom. All those that are called by his name we saw are gathered to him. At the end of the kingdom, all those who don't know him, I mean, as their God, they're being gathered together against him. They're being gathered for destruction. Revelation 20 verse 9. Uh, and they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven uh, and devoured them. Și au urcat peste lărgimea pământului și au încercuit apărea spinților și preaibită cetate, dar a coborât foc de la Dumnezeu din cer și a mistuit. So you see the reason why the devil is unleashed this last time. Motivul de ce diavolul este dezlegat ultima dată. Is to reveal the heart of the nations that are far off. Este să descopere inima națiunilor care sunt de departe. And draw them to their destruction. Și să conducă spre distrugere. But their destination is already determined for them. Destinația lor este deja determinată. Think about this. The resurrection to life has concluded. Mierea spre viață deja a fost. That means nobody is going to trust Christ for salvation during this time. Their hearts are still continuing the hardness. We've saw that already. We saw how they won't get rid of their idols, they'll simply hide them. So those who've had the seven years of tribulation to preach to them. Those who've seen, I mean, mighty things of God poured out on this earth. Those who saw the Antichrist rise and fall. And through all of this, never turned to him. The thousand years is not going to change that. The problem from the beginning we saw is that they love sin. They love the things of this world. They love idols. They're proud. And because of that, they refuse to turn. That's not going to change in the thousands. Now, they may behave to a certain standard. 
acționa într-un fel. Because that's required in this kingdom. But you understand the Bible says about lost people. In John 8:44, that ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you'll do. The reason why he's being unleashed at the end of the thousand years is the ones and for all show who their father is. Because God's children have already gathered to Him at church. As we saw in Isaiah 66, Isaiah 43, there's other passages, but in those two we saw it tonight. Here, He's letting them see for themselves who their Father is. That they're not His. That when He looks at them and says, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. you know, when they're getting ready to go into great white throne judgment right now, that just as they're getting ready to stand before the judge, they're getting that chance to show the rebellion and sin that's in their heart. That's not to prove anything to God. It's so that when they stand there before the judge, it's already clear who they were serving. These people would not be able to stand before God and say, well, I never knew. Because they've had every kind of witness you can imagine. They'll not be able to stand before him and say, well, I wasn't that bad of a person. Because you see that they come to try to dethrone him. They don't want him as their God. Uh, and that continues all the way to the end. And he lets their father loose one last time to lead them. So that he can gather them to their destruction. That's why he's unleashed that last time. Is to gather the nations so that they can prove to themselves once and for all that even after having the benefit of his kingdom for a thousand years their hearts are still so rebellious they would not have him as king. Then when he destroys them it can never be questioned it's in righteousness. And when they stand before him in judgment in the next verses it'll be plain why they're standing there. And you see in verse 10, the devil's done away with after this. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, 
where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Și diavolul care i-a înșelat a fost aruncat în lacul de foc și pucioasă, unde sunt fiara și profetul Baal și vor fi chinuiți zi și noapte pentru totdeauna și totdeauna. Before this, he was put into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Înainte de aceasta a fost pus la fundul gropii pentru mie de ani. But here he's going into the place of final judgment for the lost. This is the final destination. <coughs> for anyone who doesn't accept Christ, that's the final destination. So for the devil, this is almost like his final judgment. Uh, if he gets one last chance to prove who he is, uh, and one last chance to prove to the nations who they are. He's already been judged though, so he doesn't have to wait for a judgment. I mean, we know that the lake of fire and hell were prepared for the devil and his angels. God says that. Uh, and so his destination is determined. Now for everybody else though, you see they're going to be destroyed. But then in the next verses, you see that the dead are going to be given up. The Bible teaches there's a resurrection unto condemnation. So this is something maybe we can talk about next week. Uh, which would require me entirely getting away from Zephaniah. Uh, for one night. Uh, but maybe we can talk about the great white throne. Uh, and we can discuss the fact that God teaches that one evidence his judgment is eternal is those who have been judged according to the sacrifice of Jesus. That he faced judgment for them. When they go through the resurrection, they receive a body that's incorruptible. That means it can't break down, it can't die. It's not temporary. I mean, Paul calls it eternal. Uh, and so you know that heaven is eternal. But he says that the lost also have their own resurrection to stand before his throne. The resurrection is about receiving that eternal body. So it shows you too that the lake of fire is eternal. But the answer to these questions uh, as to what happens to the nations that survive the sheep and goat judgment is that during his kingdom there will be a dividing process. You know, it's like when you pour the, the dirt in the sifter and you shake it. Este ca atunci când torni pământul sau făina în sâtă și 
You know, you're separating the things. During a thousand years, that will happen. Because all of his people are going to gather to him early in it. And at the end of it, all those that remain afar off, those who were not saved, but simply managed to make it through the sheep and goat judgment. Which means they were part of a nation that met the standards. That then the devil will be set free to gather them together for their destruction. Uh, for their turn at the judgment. Uh, what we see in this is I'm not going to pretend to understand everything about it. For example, in Isaiah 65, he seems to teach that people will be born during this time. Uh, he talks about the fact that children will no longer die at a young age. Uh, and then if a man were to die at a hundred, you would think, oh, wow, he died young. So you could read to that what you want. But what it would seem to me is that those who are born in this time are even going to be born into rebellion. I don't claim to understand all of it. But I do think this part is simple. That those who are going to be saved, that's already determined at that point. And so this is about gathering together those who need to be judged. Uh, 